My name is Jessica Knight, and this is the Relationship Recovery Podcast. I want to just take a second and say thank you for everyone who is here today and who has found this helpful and who continues to tune in. I've been really grateful for all of the messages that I've received, the people that have reached out with for additional questions or even additional support. Um, it just it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing in the right space. So thank you. Today, I wanted to talk about five things you can do to cope with narcissistic abuse. But what that really means is how to not lose yourself to narcissistic abuse, like how to keep parts of yourself as you're dealing with this. How what strategies can you use? Because a lot of times we can talk about we can identify and we can understand behavior, but we're not talking about how you can protect yourself. And that is really important. And it's a very important part of what I do with my clients. And so I've written down five things that I think are helpful when dealing with narcissistic abuse. And we're going to go through them. Obviously, there's more strategies. And my hope is that as we continue down this path together, you know, more and more strategies will be brought to light. And I just want to note that these strategies can be used even if it's you're dealing with emotional abuse, even if you're dealing with toxic behavior. You know, it's not, they don't have to be on the spectrum of narcissism to be able to employ some of these strategies. It really is more about what works for you, you know, and if these strategies will help you. Okay, so we're going to go through five. And the first one is, Remember that you are not responsible to respond when they want you to respond. Something that happens in a lot of narcissistic relationships or abusive relationship is that the narcissist or the abuser can decide when they will respond. So they may take, you know, an un, um, undetermined amount of time to get back to you. They may say, you just need to give me space with no time period. But then if you do that, it probably will quickly turn into, I need a response from you. Or like, why are you taking so long? Or you need to respond right now. Or if you don't respond right now, then this means this, right? It's usually like a back and it can come in a form of a threat. Like if you don't respond right now, then I'm going to assume, insert something that's not true, but that you don't want them to believe. But now you're triggered. You know the deal. And so I want to remind you that you don't have to listen to threats. You don't have to obey threats. And if they want to go off and assume that you have the worst intentions, they can go nuts. What's important is that you start to understand that you don't have to respond when they're telling you you have to respond. So, for example, you know, if someone, if they are saying, if they say this isn't a text message and they're saying, I need a response from you right now, you can't take any time to think. You don't have to listen to that. You still deserve the time that you need to think, to regroup, because if you are trying to handle some of these things in a healthier way, you're not going to be able to continuously be in contact with them. You're not going to be able to continuously respond. You're not going to be able to have this back and forth. So come back to this, you know, this theory of I will respond when I can respond. And that's really a mantra for yourself, not for them. I will respond when I can respond. I will respond when I feel regulated enough to respond. 
because then you can do so from a place of strength and not from a place of reactivity. The second one is, is I invite you to see everything through the lens of control. A lot of times clients will try and figure out why they do the things that they do. Why this person does this, why he says that, how he could think this. And I agree. Like, and sometimes it is helpful to kind of go in and dissect and try and figure that stuff out. But sometimes it does just run you ragged. But if you start to look at some of these things through the lens of control, through the lens of if I just like put an umbrella of control over this situation, what is he trying to get out of it? How do I respond if this is all about control? Often somebody will you know, claim that they don't want to talk to you anymore and then they'll decide when it's time to talk. And then if you don't want to, they freak out. They have a reaction. But when you had a reaction previously, you were wrong. If you put the umbrella of control over that, instead of seeing it from a place of why is he doing this? How is that fair? Nothing's fair. Nothing's fair in these dynamics. So input layer of control, it's because it's not happening when he wants it to happen the way he wants it to happen. I mean, and that that's the truth. And you could do this with a lot of situations. And unfortunately, this happens a lot in co-parenting relationships where there's kids involved, then the kids are the agents of control because they can't control you anymore. So they will try and control the children through you because it will frustrate you and it will make you angry. But if it's a lens of control, then you can make a decision that's best for you and your children without getting caught up in the why, the who, the what, the where, the you know, the, the mental angst around this. And so just take a second even right now and think of a situation that you've been mentally trapped in. You couldn't not figure out why that's happening. And ask yourself, if I put the little, you know, umbrella of control over this and look through that, can I see something else that's going on here? Can I see something else that's at play? If you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that when they can no longer control you is when there's stronger outbursts. For them, not for you. You'll actually feel more in control and probably more more confused as to why they're so aggravated. But even if you put the little lens of control over that, you'll see... This is coming from a place of they can't control you anymore and your reactions and the directions of things, so then they have to act out. Three. Set up boundaries. Did a whole podcast on boundaries two weeks ago. Listen to that podcast. Listen to how hard it is to set a boundary with a narcissist or an abusive person. And see what you can pull from that. A boundary only works with a personality like this if you remove yourself from the harm. And so I want to invite you to start protecting your head, protecting your space, protecting yourself. And the ways to, that you can employ that is by 
limiting what you see on social media from these people, limiting what they can see of yours on social media. You might want to block their phone number if you're in a position to do that. If you're in a relationship with them and you need to have less contact, you can set up rules for yourself around when you'll respond. You can mute their messages so you're not waiting for the vibration to go off, but it's a choice when you pick up your phone to see it. There's a lot of tiny things like that that make such a big difference. You can limit the time that you spend with them. You can look at your calendar and you can think about how you spend your day and what's important. And if there's space on that day for that. If you tend to see them every Monday night and every, I don't know, Thursday morning, you know, for breakfast or something, maybe ask yourself, is seeing them on Thursday mornings really helping me for the rest of my day, through my work day? Do I really want to end my night on Mondays, the start of the week with them? When I go to see them on Saturday, or we have plans on Saturday, am I getting myself together? You know, am I am I in a good place before I go and do that? Right? And so those strategies are if you're still in contact, if you're still dating, if you're trying to understand if this is going to work. But those, for those of you who don't have contact and this is done, I would highly limit communication. Highly, highly, highly limit communication. It will feel like I'm asking you to give up your firstborn when I tell you to do that. But it will really help in the long run. And if you can't just cut it off, which a lot of us can, including myself, Think about what you can do, what is possible, because these tiny, tiny changes do make such a big, big difference. The next one is that a lot of us will rack our brain around behaviors, things, emails, texts, conversations, the way things went. I want you to stop trying to make sense of something that doesn't make any sense. There is no sense in narcissism. There isn't. It doesn't make sense. The only thing that makes sense most of the time is when you go and learn more about the behaviors and you're able to look at, okay, all of this is completely textbook, you know, and, or, okay, this is definitely what's happening here. Then you can put things together, but it doesn't make sense as to why that happens. It just does happen and it happens over and over again. So just stop trying to make it make sense. That's going to save you so much mental angst if you just tell yourself it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to. That's how narcissism is by design. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It can be really helpful to have somebody in your life to validate that for you. That, hey, you know, we can talk about this till we're blue, but it's never going to make any sense because you're an empathetic person who cares about people's feelings And they only care about themselves. By design. I did not talk about this when I did the podcast on narcissism and abuse. But a narcissist only cares about covering up their shame. That's what they care about. They don't even know that the shame is there. They don't even know that that's what their driving force is. But that's what's going on. Is that they are so afraid to feel vulnerability. They are so afraid to feel shame. And so nothing really does make sense. You know, it just, it's not going to. 
Which brings me to the last one of things that you can do to cope with abuse. And that's to employ the gray rock method. Simply, the gray rock method is a strategy based on disengaging that can help when interacting with a manipulative or an abusive person. And there are some strategies that, I mean, some ways to think about this. So I'm just going to go through what that looks like. When you are employing the gray rock method, you want to be brief when, ask, when answering any questions. You do want to say yes, no, I don't know, meh, hmm. You kind of want to, you want to be boring. You want to be a gray rock. That's the purpose of this. You're not a shiny rock. You're not a crystal. You know, you're not, um, you're not interesting. You're gray. You want to be factual, but also impersonal. You want to keep busy during interactions. You don't want to feed into their drama. You want to avoid responding with emotions of your own. You want to be as boring, uninteresting, and non-responsive as possible. And don't give any details about your life. A lot of times, the gray rock method does not work when you're in a relationship with somebody. And so, as I've gone through this with you today, I've been thinking like I probably should talk a little bit more about what it's like when you are in a relationship and you are trying to separate yourself from the abuse, but also understand what's happening. And so this really works when you're out of it, you know, and you're dealing with things or a lot of us, you know, it is said that it takes about seven times to leave. So if that's where you're, where you are, if you haven't felt like you could leave yet, then using some more gray rock method, especially during arguments or conflicts can be really helpful. And so I hope that some of these strategies today can help you in your healing. If you have any questions, please feel free to always reach out to me at Jessica at JessicaNightCoaching.com. You can follow me on Instagram at JessicaNightCoaching. And my website is JessicaNightCoaching.com or EmotionalAbuseCoach.com. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you.